Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. The neat person for this episode is Joseph Gaddy, artistic director for the United Ballet Theater. He's a dancer, an instructor. He's studied with some amazing people and danced in amazing places. And he's working on the company's 2019-2020 season. For more on Joseph and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. They might be giants on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Joseph Gaddy is here. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. It is. No, it's my pleasure. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Joseph is here from the, uh, the United Ballet Theater, and that's with an R-E, not an E-R. Exactly. Okay, great. And so we're going to be talking about the season that you have coming up, the stuff that you've been doing here in Central Florida, your career as a dancer and as a choreographer. And I'm, I'm really curious to learn about that because I know so little about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, many of the subtleties are lost on me. And so what I like to do is talk to people about that to see what it is that I should be looking for as somebody who doesn't know a lot about dance, as somebody who doesn't know a lot about, you know, the industry. Mm-hmm. in general. So I, I think I know a little bit about acting. I think I know a little bit about theater in general. But for the most part, ballet and dance is something that I I haven't had a lot of experience with. So yeah. I always look forward to these types of conversations. I'm so glad you're here. But first, I don't know you at all. <laughs> this is the first time we've met. Yep. This morning, we got coffee. And so we're going to play a game to start off to get you comfortable, to get to know you a little bit better so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. And it's basically 20 questions. So I say something and you just respond to it. Mm -hmm. But not like word association. I don't want you to come up with the the first thing that comes to mind, (laughs) which, you know, we're not analyzing you (laughs) quite yet, Joseph. Maybe a little bit later (laughs) we'll do that. Um, But what I'd like to do is play instead of you saying, if I say something, you saying yes or no or up or down, you're going to say the lady or the fool. So the lady, if you're for something, and the fool if you're not for something. And the reason I chose this, as you probably know, The Lady and the Fool is a comic ballet, and I like the sound of it, just reading about it (laughs) and looking for and researching some ballet titles that I might be able to use for this. It sounded like a really interesting one, so I don't Uh, know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, is it it a good one? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's many more that are above, I feel like, in in terms of story and classical ballets, but it's, yeah. But a pretty basic story, right? Like uh, the woman is being charmed by basically an idiot. And so I thought (laughs) that that really appealed to me for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, So the lady or the fool. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Summer break. So the lady or the fool. So summer break in the sense that, you know, when you were a kid, 
and you got to take a break uh, from school. But also, I guess when you're in the theater, this is sort of the break of the season too, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So uh, you were for you're for it. Mm-hmm. You liked it as a kid. What did you do during the summer? Oh, just play sports, yeah. watch movies, mm-hmm. just do all that stuff. <laughs> do the lazy summer oh, stuff. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. And were you a dancer from very young? Were you doing like dance camps and things like that? I was. I was kind of. I started dance at ten. Oh, okay. Ten years old, but I was also playing baseball and stuff like that. Sports. So it was like a mix at that moment. And then at a certain point, I had to decide what I wanted to do. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. How about driverless cars? The lady or the fool? The fool. You don't care for them. What is it about? It's not that I don't care. I'm just, I don't know, to not be totally in control. Sure. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. I guess I always, like my my father would always say, you know, technology is great, son. It's great for... Like health, but for a lot of other things, it's scary. (laughs) For the listeners, uh, Joseph's dad was not here just now. That was (laughs) was him doing an imitation of his dad. Old Brooklyn Italian guy. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so would you get in somebody else's driverless car if they were going to be driving anyway? If I had to, I mean, obviously I would. I would be a little probably (laughs) just super in aware mode and... Anxious. Nice. Yeah. So I'm cur- Okay, so I definitely want to know this if we can get this survey going of choreographers, mm-hmm. people who like control, who you know tend to say what's going on on the stage, uh, how they feel about driverless cars. If it's the same as you, yeah. Oof. I'm not trying to put you in yeah. a box at all. I'm just curious about that. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> how do you feel about professional wrestling, the lady or the fool? I would say the lady. The lady? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a scripted choreography. Yeah, it's it's choreographed. Did you watch it as a kid? I never really did. No? Okay. I would say, but it was better when it, in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it feels like, you know, like boxing. I feel like there was more character. Yeah. Like characters, actual characters that um, people enjoy and watch. Yeah, Yeah, you can name. Like the Undertaker. Right. And things like that. I yeah. felt like the same in boxing. You had like Muhammad Ali and all these people that were inspiring. And I feel it's been lost, especially like in boxing and stuff today. So yeah. that's why. Yeah. Okay. Very good. How do you feel about jerky? The lady or the fool? Eh, the fool. Never, no, not never, so much. Yeah, I never cared for that. I, I imagine why. you're you're snacking a lot that, when you're that's true. dancing. So what is Didn't it that you're having well you're burning a lot of calories yeah i'm I'm gonna go ahead and and say that right now uh so what are you snacking on what are you eating while you're working out while you're practicing um usually like lean meats Mm -hmm. i'll even have that sometimes with salads or or like nuts and and like mixed nuts and stuff like that i would have healthy shots of protein yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Especially, th- yeah, in the middle of the day, something like that. Yeah. Or protein right. shake. Right. Very good. Zombies. The lady or the fool? The fool. Yeah? Not so much on zombies? Yeah, I think I used to be, but it's just been so overdone now, especially in cinema. I'm just like, ah, oh, here's another zombie movie or a TV show. Or Do you like, uh, <laughs> do you like horror stories? Do you like scary movies? I do. You do? Oh, my okay. God. But there's just, there's... We're, especially me and my brother, we're always seeking a good 
like a good horror movie and it's just it's been so lacking lately so is it when you say good is it like that classic slasher film the halloween the nightmare on elm street or is it more of the tense thriller psychological horror like a get out or us it could be i feel like it could be any one of those but um i feel like yeah like the shining like a classic like that yeah and I'm not a huge, I think it more like psychological and disturbing, something like, like, like I said, The Shining, or I just feel, I was laughing the whole time, basically, when I was watching Us. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like a horror comedy. Oh, okay. To me. I haven't seen it, so yeah, that's an interesting little... take on it. <laughs> I'll have to see that and see what exactly is happening in it that made you laugh so much. Very... Good. And also, I mean, what we might want to do, too, is just get a couple of scary-looking dolls and put them around your house when you're not home. <laughs> like the Chucky? Yeah. Original yeah, yeah, yeah. Chucky. Yeah. Or that Annabelle. Yeah, Annabelle. sure. Any of those things. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, how do you feel about sandwiches? The lady or the fool? The lady. Yeah? yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, Egg sandwich in the morning. Egg, oh, yeah. yeah something like egg. that. Oh, yeah. Cheese, bacon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I haven't been so, I haven't been having so much bread lately. I don't know why. <laughs> I would yeah, imagine I, that's that's part of your regular diet is not to have a ton yeah, of carbs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But if anything, I would probably have like a Publix chicken tender sandwich sub. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I like no. No, that's fine. Here. Publix is a big listener. <laughs> All of the Publixes are uh, streaming us into their stores right now. So people are waking up, remembering that they had to bring something for Sally's birthday to work today. So they're stopping at the Publix. They're like, I wonder if I should get a sub. And now they heard us talking about it. And now they're getting Chicken their sub. Tenders. So you're welcome, Publix. <laughs> Good job on that. Where do you land on sleep? The lady or the fool? lady yeah the lady yeah do you get enough mm -hmm. sleep oh yeah yeah i would imagine so you're probably <laughs> like much. when you go to work you're being active yeah so mm -hmm. you're going in you're rehearsing you're doing Sweating. the choreography you're uh the artistic director the for artistic director united ballet and, theater and may i say nick like that yeah. I, as artistic director that doesn't mean that you necessarily like choreograph Oh, sure, so, sure, sure. So just, you are yeah, a choreographer. Are, I apologize. No, that's... So I didn't mean to imply that no. you're doing all of the choreography, yeah. but there, there are, those are there functions. Are, yeah, there are directors that do, but I, I, I like to bring in different choreographers, mm -hmm. you know, from different places internationally here in the States. So that's, yeah. So you're but, very active during the day. Yeah, taking So you just hit a wall, pass out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Pretty much, yeah. I love getting, yeah, at least eight hours. I oh, mean, man. I know, I know. No, no, no. And I have the time to do it. It's just the falling asleep. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. not tired enough. So if you could send me over what to do during the day to make me lot. fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. People don't really like it's like an actual it's a job. You know, yeah. you're working oh, six 100%. to eight hour days of work yeah. of, you know, of work. And people are I used to get that, you know, you know, question. Oh, you do ballet. But what's your real job? You know, and I'll be like, no. That's, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, everything else is a little bit of a side hustle, I would yeah. imagine, to, yeah. to dance when you're that serious about it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go back to technology for a second. I was just in Tampa, and I saw a bunch of them over there, crowd sharing of scooters. 
not the bikes, but the electric scooters. You could just jump on one. It's, you know, you, you don't swipe your credit card. You just get on an app and you can rent one and tool around downtown. Oh, yeah. Let's say. How do you feel about that? The lady or the fool? The lady. I mean, I don't know if I would do it, but I think it's, it's really beneficial. It was, I feel it's yeah. pretty awesome. They, they, I was in Paris a few, um, a little over a month ago and they, that was big there. Oh yeah. They yeah, were all tooling around huge. on those. Yeah. So huge. they went from the Vespas to the little <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. scooters <laughs> with the baguettes. Yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't do one though. I got to get across I, I, town I, I, and I, possibly I would just get an Uber instead. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just the danger? So are you always concerned about putting your body at risk since that's your I think livelihood? That, I think that is in my background, uh, in the back of my head a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's it's such a short career. So you really want to take care of your body properly yeah. in order to at least have some, you know. Well, and I appreciate you came here today. You're You're wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> And you're not popping it at all. So you've gotten very skilled with the bubble wrap, which is nice, oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good fashion statement, too. I think it's something that maybe we should work on as a business idea. And we'll do that next there hour. We'll come up with some business ideas like that. All right. The Lady or the Fool, uh, the Disney live action remakes. How do you feel about oh, those? The Fool. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, no. Disney. No, Disney is not a big listener. Unlike okay. Publix, <laughs> they never listen. They're I not just, playing this in the in the theme parks. None of it. I I saw recently the new Lion King. Yeah. And it's 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 like it follows the same story as the original. It's pretty close. But it's just so different because I felt like I was watching the Discovery Channel. And I was telling that to my girlfriend and my friends and my brother cuz me and my brother are huge movie buffs. So mm-hmm. And there was no, compared to the original, there was just no expression from any of them because they tried to make it so realistic. So yeah, yeah. You didn't, you couldn't see, you know, or feel if when like Simba was scared or this is, you know, this part he was proud and it didn't, it didn't show like it did in the cartoon. Right. And I felt right. like the same like, and the other and the other remakes like Aladdin, like, yeah, it was the same thing. The genie, like the expression, it wasn't as you can't get Vibrant. that animated yeah, with yeah, that yeah. unless it was like you know. I Actually, mean, Will Smith is awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. you know, like that or Jim Carrey, maybe could have pulled. <laughs> Do you ever look at so when you're watching a movie or maybe a theatrical production? Do you ever look at that and go, okay, how would I translate that emotion? to something that I would do to something in dance. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, when you're portraying a character mm-hmm. in one of the ballets. Oh, I love I love watching movies for like certain death scenes or certain parts when somebody's like furious or or avenging someone or something. I, I love doing that and studying that. Yeah. That's cool. Ca- acting's a big part of ballet, especially classical ballet and story ballets, but you're not able to speak so you have to do it with your hands and your facial expressions right 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 so it's it's, i love it it's awesome so how much you know when you're being directed how much how many choices do you get to make as a dancer that yeah artistic freedom and that i feel like that does lack in a lot of professional companies i think in you know trusting your dancers and knowing what they can do and knowing what what they they can do and what they they're passionate about and what they want to improve on, I think, mm-hmm. is, yeah, definitely the artistic director's decision to say, here, this is 
you can you have this amount of space and and go for it show me what you have try it out yeah yeah, i love that all right very good uh so just a few more cursive the writing style not necessarily the band or anything else that that might Implied? Did you learn that when you were a kid? Yeah, I don't. I don't use it a whole lot, but yeah, definitely well, for no autographs. <laughs> you know, wherever I'm performing somewhere, I'll you know definitely. Yeah, so your so signature, yeah, that sort of thing. It's classy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, it's, uh, you gotta be classy sometimes. Classy. All right, very good. There's that Brooklyn accent coming out, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right, so tiny houses, the lady, or the fool. And we have no tiny say, house listeners, so you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I guess I would say, like, how tiny? Uh, some of them are pretty small. Yeah. I mean, we're talking two, I, 300 square feet. Yeah. I mean, if you like it, you like it. I mean, I would what say. What about for you? For me. Yeah. Yeah, the fool. Yeah. yeah. Have you lived in, like, a New York City or a big, um, you know, metropolis? I mean, I have I have lived in Manhattan for a year, yeah. Yeah, but so you had a small place there, I, I would I, imagine. I didn't because I was with ABT, the American Ballet Theater, and um, that was the actual the only year that they provided an apartment for the for the dancers, so I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> oh so wow! So it was but for six six guys, so it was like a big place. Oh okay. So I wasn't really. So it was like the ones you see on the television shows, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back because my brother had one in 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 Manhattan when he when he worked there. A uh, tiny space, yeah, and I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. It was cozy. What about that yeah. idea of like getting rid of stuff? You know, minimalizing all of the things that you own in order to get to a better headspace. Mm. Are you for something like that? That minute, you know, that uh, Maria condo, only the things that bring you joy. Get rid of the rest. Yeah, I, I'm definitely that i mean i've done that yeah because yeah. I've, I've moved a lot yeah. in different you know states and, and countries i so um I've, i'm pretty familiar with that yeah <laughs> nice all right just a couple more how do you feel about musicals the lady or the fool um yeah the lady mm-hmm. the lady okay i enjoy them i enjoy them do you have a favorite mm, i mean i have to say greece oh okay old, going old school yeah no, that's I fine. love them. I mean, a lot of the old ones, but yeah, there's some great new ones too. I enjoyed La La Land and um, things like that. But I'm, I think I'm for more of the older ones. You know, uh, West Side Story, which mm. they're doing a remake, which is yep. awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. All right. Last question for now. Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. <laughs> the lady, or the fool? Uh, the fool. I'm just not like into I, like pies too much, you know, or or things like that, like pastries, like desserts. And, yeah. Or well, I'm a huge like ice cream fan. Okay. I'm just yeah, that's that's my stuff right there. So just ice cream, <laughs> pretty much. So cobbler, since it's also warm, yeah. it's too warm for you. No, I mean I could have like a warm piece of like chocolate cake with ice cream. That's kind of what I. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's too warm. We need to cool it off <laughs> with some ice cream, please. <laughs> Very nice. All right, Joseph. Well, thank you for that. Let me say that you can find more about the United Ballet Theater at unitedballettheater.org. And that's theater with an R-E, not an E-R. You're also on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You, Joseph, are also on Instagram at Ballet Gaddy. 
and that's B-A-L-L-E-T-G-A-T-T-I, or at United Ballet Theater as well. And again, that's with an RE. All right, very good. And so Joseph will come right back. Perfect. After a song. Thank you so much. I feel like I know you almost too well now. But let's play a little bit of uh, Foreign Diplomats with Queen and King, since we just played the lady and the fool. Uh, So that seems appropriate. Uh, You'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. You there, listening to this podcast, what day is it? The day you went into your podcast provider of choice and subscribed to this podcast and maybe even left a rating or review? I know, you hate being asked this as much as I hate asking. It's the podcast equivalent of an NPR silent drive. I will thank you personally, though, if you take the time to do that. I will bestow gifts on you. I will. Leave an honest, honest rating or review, and I will send you a typewritten letter with a bonus of some kind. Now, back to the show. Foreign Diplomats on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Queen plus King. Good morning. My name is Nick. Uh, I guess we have King plus King today on the show on to a certain degree. Joseph Gaddy is here. How you doing? Okay, I was waiting for that. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, so two kings here uh, today, I suppose. Uh, I guess you could say that. Okay. Usually it's like the prince, you know, in a ballet or classical ballet. Oh, yeah, that's like true. Prince, but yeah. you know, there's... So Joseph, before. Joseph is here, artistic director for the United Ballet Theater. Thank you so much again for being here. I want to talk a little bit more about the United Ballet Theater. But first, I think we need to do that through the lens of your career. Mm-hmm. So I want to find out a little bit more about you becoming a dancer. So you mentioned that you were around 10 years old when you kind of took up dance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so you were an athlete, you were doing baseball, it sounded like. Yeah, baseball. And so how did that transition happen? Because in, in my head, I think traditionally you would hear, you wouldn't hear of somebody doing sports and dance at the same time necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if it is common, you again, no, you, you, there's biases in our heads, and I exa- think I, yeah, that's you know, so cultural true. biases and things like that, Big time. where we say there's this type of person who's artistic. So I'm not just saying dance. Yeah. Uh, so, or they're athletic. Mm-hmm. And so there's this line of delineation between them. So sure. it shouldn't, it's not uncommon probably, and it's not unusual by any means mm-hmm. that somebody can or should do both. Yeah. So, it's but so how did true. that happen for you? Um, well, my mom actually used to own a dance studio before oh, me okay. and my brother were born in New Jersey, Jersey. And, um, uh, I, she, she just, I mean, even would take my father, you know, to Broadway shows. They, you know, seeing, going to the Met, seeing a performance for the first time, Yeah, you know, um, but it, he, my mom and dad like would show us always old movies growing up. So like we'd watch, I'd watch a lot of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Right. So they always, right from the beginning, I was kind of intrigued by it. Kind of know? enamored by it. Yeah. And yeah. then I would watch huge fan of Michael Jackson growing up his dancing is just incredible so i would be impersonating him around mm-hmm. the house nonstop, really it, from a young age and then when i moved down here uh to florida when i was 10 um is when i started dancing but my mom had to bribe me <laughs> 
she told me, I, I, I'll give you 20 bucks to take a class. And it wasn't even a ballet class. It was like a dance theater class. So I was okay. like, okay. And I did. And it was for 20 bucks. For yeah. 20 bucks. <laughs> Back in, you know, 90, 94, whenever that was. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I took the class, got the money. <laughs> But I, I went back again and again, and it was fun. And, you know, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, it's incredible, like playing sports. Yeah. Um, so you me. were still, you were still, you liked it, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, this is what I'm going to do yeah. for the rest of my no, life. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Yet. Okay. But then there was a teacher who, who, who taught ballet, and she saw me in the building, and she said, oh, I love seeing, you know, new, new boys come in please, you know, come and take my ballet class. And I was like, oh, sure. And I, I went in and followed. There was like another guy in there too, mm-hmm. another boy. So it was at that age, you know, if you're the only boy. I think it's a little creepy. <laughs> it's, it's a little scary. It can it's, make you feel like the other, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So yeah. it was good to have another boy in there. And I just followed along and followed the steps. And it was okay. But I think it really, I, I stuck with it. I think the the music, the you know, musicality and, and I was I was intrigued. I was interested. Mm-hmm. And then um, we started getting, um, I would say my second year. I mean, even the first year, it was doing the party boy in, in the Nutcracker. You know, that was a big role because that was the first role where I was on stage and I was ac- actually acting, you know, being like portraying a character yeah. in the in the party scene. So that was really exciting for me, being on the stage with the, the the sets and the scenery and and the orchestra, and it was it was amazing. So that's what I think really kind of grabbed me in a little bit, in terms of that. And then after that, we I started getting, you know, like a male teacher, so they would teach us male steps, you know, jumps and certain things and turns, and that was really exciting. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is kind of athletic. <laughs> so that's when I started to really get more and more interested in ballet. Yeah. So it's very interesting that it was this gradual yeah. sort of uh, take with it. Because a lot of people, you know, I think, again, w- one story you hear a lot from artistic people or creatives is that, you know, it's almost this bolt of lightning or they see something and they're like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Now is the time for me to do this. Whereas it was a, it seems like a more gradual process with you. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, even like at such a young age, you may not know Sure. Much, you know how it like you want to be a fireman or whatever but um yeah it was a gradual thing because you know in ballet you really have to start young and you kind of miss a lot of other things like you know college because mm-hmm. you, know, you you go from basically ballet school you graduate high school if or you're, you're homeschooled because mm-hmm. you want to be there all the time so you miss a lot of that you know because you're constantly there like working and training you know for for that to prepare yourself for company life so what was your path like then so you're 10 11 tw- you're taking some classes taking you start classes. really falling for it yeah yeah then what happens to you um i did my first competition after training for years um it was uh the youth american grand prix mm-hmm. which is a big ballet competition for for students and it's all over the world now this competition and the, the finals are in new york and and I won that competition back in 2000 and, uh, 2003. So you were I was like 18, 18, 19 at that yeah. point? Okay. And um, that was after I just finished high school and I got a scholarship to the Royal Ballet School in London. So I decided to go there. So that was my first time, you know, away from home 
being there for the whole year and studying with, you know, people I didn't know, dancers I didn't know. So mm-hmm. it was a whole new thing for me. And being able to watch the Royal Ballet live, yeah, being a part of that was huge. Or in rehearse and oh, everything else, awesome. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing like that. So you still went to high school? Yep. And Dr. Phillips High School. Okay. Yeah. And so kind of an artsy high school for the most part. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And were you still like, oh, should I, I wonder if I'm going to go to college or I'm going to continue pursuing dance at that point? Yeah, I might have. It might have. Or cr- whatever you were going to. Sorry, I didn't mean to say no, that you no. have to go to college. No, Obviously, no, you completely. finish high school and do something But I else, definitely but was thinking of that. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it crossed my mind. What is your then, next step? Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, no, 100% dance all the exactly. way. Okay. But once I did, I think that first competition and got that scholarship, I knew that that was going to help launch me into the professional ballet company life. Mm-hmm. You know, being seen already and winning that that first place award at the YGP and because a lot of directors from different companies go to see those shows and, and are grabbing, you know, students that graduated to be a part of their company or stuff like that. Are there a lot of those competitions? Is that a common thing where yeah, professional ballet, com- uh, uh, ballet for, for ballet dancers that, because yeah. there's a lot of different, there's commercial dance for, you know, like, so you think you can dance and things like that, yep. there's, you know, but then you have ballet competitions, which is for ultimately for getting a job and getting seen to so be So these a are tryouts basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in many ways. That. Yeah. Cuz you can you can either you either go to a, a company, you know, send in your resume and, and your you know, photos and then they invite you to take class and then that art that director ballet master will watch you take class and see if you, you know, if you're good enough. Yeah, for that yeah. company or they, that's what they're looking for. That's interesting because you know. that's very different than the theater community, which is you would have somebody come in uh, and their interview would actually be them doing a reading or something like that yeah. and saying that. But, um, yeah, in some cases you do have uh, the theater groups that are doing classes as well. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, uh, yeah, it sounds like the ballet company is a little bit different. Yeah, our or reading is like the class, yeah. basically. Like you taking class at a company and, and then the director or somebody from the, the artistic staff watching. I mean, sadly, sometimes no one comes to watch. So you, it's really crazy. You go and you pay for a flight, you pay for a ticket, you pay for a hotel, you go there and then, and they, they want you to come and then no and one. Do the, and do the class? And do the class and then no one shows up. It's happened before. It's, it stinks. A lot of my friends and who are always, you know, looking for work. So you, it's like, you know, money, you're wasting money. So you, and nobody came to your audition. Basically. Yeah, it's, it's happened for wow, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. (laughs) So you got, you were able to showcase your talent. You won this event. You went to London. Mm -hmm. So you lived over there for how long? It was a year and I graduated that year. Yeah. Because they have different levels, obviously, at the Royal Ballet School and they accepted me for the the third year, which is the final graduation year. Oh, wow. So So they said that, okay, you're already at this level. Mm -hmm. You don't need to start. You essentially have your AA in dance. Mm -hmm. So you could just do the final part of it. Exactly. I was fortunate to get a scholarship and then having that in my resume is is just wonderful. Not just that, but the experience there. Of course, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was fun. I wish I, I went a little earlier, honestly. It was just... It's that thing where, you know, you go away for the first time and, you know, that half a year was a little, you really miss home. But the then first after half, that, yeah. you really realize, you know, the whole meaning of why you're there and how much you've learned. So it's great. 
One being one of the older students, you could buy beer for everybody. It's <laughs> yeah. probably pretty well, great. In London, you know, it's 18, yeah. so right. <laughs> it's different. So yeah. different. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. I'm sure you never got into any trouble over there. It was no, fine. It was fine. Trouble. London authorities, <laughs> if you're listening, which they are. They're big listeners. Uh, so let me ask you then, so when you were done with that, what happened? Because, you know, they are... There's still the auditioning process. You still have to go. And uh, at that point, you knew you were going to be a dancer or you, yeah. knew you wanted to be a dancer. Yeah. And and I was so, I mean, at that age, you're just certain companies, you just you, you just keep your eye on and your heart is there. And for me, that was American Ballet Theater in New York. Yeah. And I was watching this old movie all the time. At that time, it was new. The Center Stage, it's called Center Stage. So it was a movie about kind of portraying, you know, it was called ABA instead of American Ballet Theater, and there were real dancers in the movie, so I was inspired by that. So I was always like, I want to go to American Ballet Theater after. So I got accepted into the studio company, which is like the pre-professional part of American Ballet Theater okay. before the company. So that was really exciting, and that's the year I got to live in New York. So that was right after I graduated from the Royal Ballet School. So, you know, you get paid and, and you do performances and stuff like that. And yeah, so I was going to incorporate with the company a little bit. Okay, sometimes. so it is, if I were to make a baseball analogy, it's like the, the AAA ball club. Yeah, or the farm yeah. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So that was that was great. Um, and so, but they supported you as well. Yeah, they pay, they they give you a stipend, you know, they, they pay you weekly. And then yeah. they, um, they, that year was the year that they paid for our, our apartment but i think they never did that again because we were <laughs> a little out of control oh nice yeah, good job with that for ruining <laughs> it for everybody else really appreciate it, it. any any current dancers oh. there yeah. yeah you have one person to blame and he's sitting right six, here across from me six dancers uh -huh. six. sure 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 <laughs> yeah we'll blame the other ones too oh, but man. you're mostly to blame nice oh, man. Okay, so that wasn't, I'm, I'm not going to say that was a long time ago, but that was, you know, you've had a, 2005. a, a career spanning, a professional career spanning, you know, 15 years mm -hmm. uh, plus. 15 plus, yeah. Um, sure. And you've been dancing for certainly longer than that. Mm -hmm. So um, what, I guess rather than go through your entire CV and you went here next and here next and here next, what about, what's something that really stuck with you as an experience that you had or you know somebody like me who again doesn't understand too much of choreography or the subtleties of dance and the subtleties certainly of ballet mm -hmm. what are some things that stuck with you about your career and the industry that really sticks out in terms of like this is something that people should understand about it that maybe they don't yeah um so, for example, that sort of farm team, you know, I didn't know that theater companies had that sort of thing. And you're yeah. welcome to talk about United Ballet Theater, too, because I know you're doing things differently there. Why did you, you know, why was that important to you in the founding of United Ballet Theater as well? Yeah, well, the reason I created this uh, company is, you know, I've had experience working with so many different professional ballet companies, interviewing dancers. I was always trying to make small documentaries uh, just for the public so they better have a better understanding. They're on yeah. YouTube and everything um, just about what we go through in terms of the the intensity, the rehearsal intensity and injuries and things like that. Yeah. That it gets very, you know, it just creates extreme wear and tear on the body. And um, I think all of that built up uh, 
and I was so hungry to make a company, something different that that had a balance in terms of the regiment and schedule that no other professional ballet company has in terms of that. So creating time throughout the day of work for the dancers to cross train and work with personal trainers or physical therapists throughout the day, not before your six to eight hour day of work or after, but to have that throughout the day and through in that week and that having that balance is so important. I think it's like, it's the same thing if you're, you're uh, crazy you know you want to go to the gym every day but you don't go and work your biceps every day right you don't your muscles will not heal properly and not rebuild you know build new muscle right so the same thing with with dancers you know you're rehearsing every day and doing the same thing every day throughout that month preparing for a show it's just it, it creates extreme wear and tear and then you know leads sadly leads to you know injuries and stuff like that or possible surgery and things like that it happens all the time so that was a real passion of mine to be able to have a place where dancers feel protected, you know, and, and you know, um, passionate and, 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 and believe in a vision that, you're, that mm-hmm. you're creating, like a system. So I think that's important. And I think that's why a lot of dancers are interested in being a part of United Ballet Theater. Was it, a, was it like a big stretch to treat the dancers more as athletes? Because what you're describing sounds yeah. very much like a, a professional athlete's regimen. Exactly. If you will. Exactly. So was it a stretch to try to convince people that that is necessary? No. I yeah. think a lot of the dancers uh, It today, just never occurred to people. It's just, I feel like it's just worked. There's a cycle in professional ballet company life, and that cycle has been going on for so long, and mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people or no one cares for changing that because it's worked for so long to a certain point, I think. To, a, to a certain degree? Yeah, to okay. a certain degree, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's true, to a certain degree. It's worked, but mainly more for the business, I feel. Not, yeah. ma- not as much for the dancers. So that's right, why I'm trying right. to create that balance for both sides. So rather than a show-first approach, it's a dancer-first approach. Yeah, and that like. will create great shows you have dancers who are more passionate on stage more healthy on stage so they're providing for you the public more artistic more powerful more athletic and beautiful dancers that you're seeing that you're not used to seeing so how does it work for you we described a little bit of the american ballet theater Mm -hmm. um or was it at the american ballet Mm -hmm. theater okay thank you i never know with uh, (laughs) my naming conventions (laughs) Uh, but for United, you know, do you have sort of that, the professional company and then the farm team, or you have classes that you're, uh, having people come to and so they can, you know, they can train professionally. How does that work exactly? Yeah. Well, we have basically, I teach at explosive dance. So that's, that's my ultimate the school where I dance, teach at. Yeah. Uh, down in Lake Nona. Exactly. And that's where United Ballet Theater rehearsals rehearses and stuff okay so um we have that school for the for the young ones say ages you know eight till 15 14 but then united Ballet theater we have our professional dancers and we have our trainees which are basically like apprentices okay so that is kind of like you can call them the second company basically but they incorporate with our professionals for performances so that's how it works very nice Mm mm-hmm so thinking about, I, I think the other thing that really interests me is when you're looking for shows, when you're trying to think of your season. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to talk to the one of the directors over at the Philharmonic. Oh, awesome. 
awesome. you know, about that is, is, you know, how much of that is for you and for United is a collaborative process. Like, are you sitting down with everybody and kind of coming up with, wouldn't it be great if we tried something like this? Are you going off and doing your research on your own and then proposing it to somebody? How does that come through? Yeah, I mean, that's because that's a that's the biggest one of the biggest responsibilities. It's right? huge as an artistic director. You're, you know, creating a, a season and, and creating a performance is, is huge. So yeah. I have a great team behind me, marketing team, as you know, um, my executive director, admin, people who have been so supportive of of United Bike Theater. But I have to. I have to um, show them what what the performance will be like and who I'm bringing in, choreographers, and if I'm bringing guest artists, Mm -hmm. what type of pieces we're going to do, how is this kind of, how is this performance going to be labeled as, and, you know, what is it going to be? It could be a story ballet, it could be an excerpt from a ballet, it could be mixed rep, so it could be a lot of different things. There's so many, so many pieces out there, and it's just picking the right piece that, you know, and over the course of the year, are you trying to tell a bigger story as well for like the season ticket holders, for example? So for 18, 19, 1920, and what I mean by that is the, the, you know, the year, the season for you. Um, are you trying to tell a bigger story in that, you know, you don't necessarily want to do all love stories, for example. Exactly. But yeah, are you trying to tell, you know, here's a little bit of the, Ex- this kind of show and here's a little bit of this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what we try to bring for United Bike Theater is, is a mix of that for everybody. You know, if we have our performance, uh, maybe putting an act of the balcony pas de deux from Romeo and Juliet, have some, you know, romantic parts. We, we, we have, um, uh, are bringing in a live pianist for like a jazz ballet or oh, doing wow. a classical, an excerpt from a classical ballet like Giselle or Swan Lake. So we were just talking about how much you like scary movies. Are you going to do a Halloween ballet? Oh, my God. There's a lot of great ones out there. Are there really? There's a a full-length Frankenstein. It's it's incredible. Sorry, my jaw just hit the floor. No one can hear that or see that. But, but yeah. yeah, Okay, that's the one I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, if I have any say on what you're doing in the <laughs> I future. I would love, yeah, something <laughs> like that. But there's but so many out decided. there that are cheesy. I mean, there's, there's, the season is probably very close to being done if it's not done already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have one. Um, it's, it's, it's creepy and it's, it's intense. It's called it's Macbeth, the story of Macbeth. So it's the oh, king okay. and the three witches. So it's very intense and it's, it's great. We're, we're going to be super excited to perform this for the Central Florida audience. So. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And where do you typically, I guess going back a step, let me just ask this uh, again in terms of like who is helping you come up with the season? So it's it's basically me. Yep. Um, just uh, from my experience. And, and the thing with me is that um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have had that experience working with so many different professional ballet companies, uh, galas, and meeting so many choreographers in my career. And still to this day, because I'm still freelancing, so I travel and perform around the world. And I meet and I build relationships with these wonderful teachers and choreographers. And so they love and hear what I'm doing, and they want to help. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of it. They want to bring something of theirs to United Ballet Theater. So I, I'm really fortunate for that and to be able to have those relationships and have that support. Gotcha. So I have a lot of different options in terms of choreography and who I'm bringing in and who's available these dates to come down for a week and set a piece for our dancers. So and for myself because I am a part of the company still. Yeah, so yeah. Dancing and so directing. you want to be in it. Yeah. 
So it's interesting then. <laughs> so you're looking at, oh, I'd really love to bring this choreographer down. These dates fit for this person. And these are the types of shows that would work with that person, with that choreographer. Is that how it works, kind of? Um, you mean with the choreographer? Yeah, like, like he, this is he or she would be really good for at... For this, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, okay. and I've seen a lot of their works before, so I'm like, oh, I love that piece you did in in, uh, in Russia that we mm. that I saw you do. I want I would love to bring a, that piece here to United Ballet Theatre. And the choreographer might say, that would be great, but what about, it's so, here's a similar one that I'd love to exactly. do for the first time. I usually get options too, wow. which is great. So yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. I can watch them and say, oh, I think this is going to be better, you know, for our dancers or, or for the Central Florida audience that is not used to seeing such international works. Yeah. And that's one thing that we are really excited to bring for Central Florida and educate them on is, you know, great works from the states, but also great works internationally. International, like we have one here this week mm -hmm. from Berlin. Um, she was born in Russia, and she's setting a piece on four women uh, professionals of our company called Running System, and it's a great ballet. It's on point for the women, point shoes, and um, it's athletic. It's funny too because each dancer has a certain character that they have to portray, mm -hmm. and it's it's great. It's great. It's a great piece. So we're excited to have that for our rep. And when will that, and where and when? That's going to be performed uh, in February and May. So okay. we're locking in dates for the convention center and the Bob Carr. Oh, very dates. nice. So we're really excited about that. Oh, that's good. If it's in May, then you can close down the uh, the Bob Carr. There you go. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, anything else you want to say about United Ballet Theatre? Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just, um, it's something new. It's something different. And. Like I said, I think the Central Florida audience is, is going to appreciate this because of its, because of bringing that care and treatment for our dancers. Like I said before, it's going to show on stage yeah. in terms of the excitement and the beauty and the artistry and the athleticism. And then, of course, what we're bringing in in terms of great high-quality classical and contemporary works along with that. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. What about as far as classes go? that's something that people can enroll in year round or is it, does it match sort of the school schedule? How does that work? Um, like school classes? Yeah. Or classes for, yeah, that the, you guys would uh, provide training in. Yeah. So that is specifically for our dancers, United mm -hmm. Body Theater. You have to like, like we were talking about auditioning to be a part of that. Oh, you would be in it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. But like there's enrollment classes for explosive dance. Say. Mm -hmm. So that is affiliated with um, United Body Theater since I teach in the school there. Yep. You know, so it's for those younger dancers, that younger training. But we do offer open classes for uh, dancers who do have that professional ballet background. Yeah. So they could come in and take class with our company. Got it. Yeah. And that's year round. You could do that. You don't yeah. Have to, they, they'd have to contact me and, and yeah. say which dates they're available if they're interested and they want to come and take open class with the dancers. So Perfect. it's happened before for sure. Yeah. And more about that at UnitedBalletTheater.org. All right. So guess what? We're at the end of the first hour. Whoa. Yeah, it flies by. I'm a joy to talk That's to. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so let's play a song. This is one to get us dancing and get hopefully people who are listening out of their seats. Unless you're driving. Don't get out of your seat because you don't have a driverless car yet. Uh, this is Ratatat with El Pico on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. 
Maria and Kevin Ruiz were on the show way back in June of 2018, episode number 95. They are delightful, and they are also the husband and wife team behind the Peruvian pop-up dining experience called Papa Llama. If exploring a culture through food is your thing, you need to try them out. If good food is your thing, you certainly need to try them out. They have tasting dinners coming up, they have special events, they also do pop-ups at East End Market, Red Light Red Light, a bunch of other places. Follow them on Facebook and go to Papa Llama, that's with two L's, dot C-O. Now, back to the show. Jai Wolf on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Indian summer. We were having a little dance party in here. Before the break, we heard from Ratatat with El Pico from their self-titled album. Good morning. My name is Nick. I have the great honor and the great pleasure of doing a show called To a Certain Degree every week. And every week I have a very special guest. If you missed any of this episode with the wonderful and talented and effervescent Joseph Gaddy, please, please go to a website called toacertaindegree.com or look for To a Certain Degree wherever you subscribe to podcasts. This will be available as a podcast next week on Tuesday. I apologize that you have to wait a week, but there's just so much genius in this that I have to pull it all out. Isn't that right, Joseph? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, Joseph is here from United Ballet Theatre. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, United Ballet Theatre with an R-E dot org, not dot com. So go and check that out. You can follow them on the social medias, mainly the Instagram. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. And so uh, the announcement and the uh, the schedule of your season will be coming out shortly. Shortly, yes. Mm -hmm. And your first one will be in September? September. September 22nd on a Sunday at Lake Eola, the amphitheater. Outside theater will be beautiful because it's during the farmer's market. Oh, yeah. So it'll be really great. Ballet oh, that'll and be a lot of fun. Yep. Ballet and brunch. There you go. Mimosas Mim and... Oh, I wish we could sell them. <laughs> what's, a, what's a dance move that starts with an M? Mm. Mimosas oh, I and... Think, I don't think... Okay, we'll work on that Mimosas off the air. Mimosas movement. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> The second hour, we do a couple of things. We're going to get to know you a little bit better, but we're also going to have a pop quiz. Oh, so did you know about that? No. Okay. So it's <laughs> dance related. Oh. So this should be very interesting. And there's there's real stakes in the pop quiz, basically in the pop quiz, which you'll be hearing in a few minutes. Uh, first, we have another uh, segment that we have to do. But in the pop quiz, the more you get right, the better friends we are. Oh, yeah, so a lot of pressure. Now, here's the thing. If you don't get any right, or if you just get one right, <laughs> I become your most bitter enemy for the week. I am going to actively try to sabotage you in everything that you do for that week. And never come on the station again, right? No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. just for that, a week. Oh, okay. That's no, bad. you're a great That's guest. You're more than welcome to come back sometime. <laughs> no. Look, I don't, I'm not going to hold a grudge. It's just a week-long uh, enemy situation. <laughs> I mean, everybody's had that, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Maybe for longer than a week. Uh, before we can do that, though, you are a successful dancer. You are the artistic director and founder of your own ballet company. Mm -hmm. So you're good at business. I guess you could say that. Okay, I'm great. learning as I go. Because we're going to do <laughs> bad business ideas next. Oh, so first yes. we have to play the song. 
Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. It's like MySpace meets Blockbuster. Oh. A social network that you rent for three days at a time and you have to return to a store. That's actually a really good idea. We should do that. So this is the part of the show where I present you two schemes, for lack of a better term, two plans, two potential businesses that you can invest in, your time, your money. And by being on the show, you have to. So whichever one you pick, and I know you have a lot of time on your hands being the artistic director and founder of United Ballet Theater, having to get your schedule together and do all those things, you're almost done with all of that planning. So now you'll have plenty of time to pursue one of these businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't sound incredibly confident. (laughs) I'm ready. I didn't feel that at all. (laughs) Joseph, may I call you Joseph? Yes. Great. A long time ago, I wrote a column for uh, what was then known as America Online, Mm-hmm. Uh, also AOL. It was a comedy channel, and I pretended to be a dream analyst, basically. Um, now, a few things. It was supposed to be all humor, but people really got into it. People were sending me oh, their wow. dreams, so I created this character. His name was Dr. Julius Mangelhide, and people yeah. would send their dreams in. I was getting about 250 dreams a week wow. that people were submitting to me, and they were really, really honest And it made me want to actually learn more about dream analysis and symbols and everything. It was pretty remarkable. So I learned a little bit about it. Like if you have any, I don't want to talk about it on the air, but if you have any dreams you want me to analyze. Oh, yeah. I kind of know about that. Because I Google them all the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I, I wasn't thinking about that until just recently when I was, it was just sort of this weird day. Like, you know, you have one of those very surreal days where you're hyper aware of the things around you. And three times that day, I saw a bird flying away. It was this big gray, I couldn't really recognize what it was, but it was a big gray bird flying away from me. And I'm like, well, obviously I'm not dreaming. Mm -hmm. So there's no analysis that I could do from a dream perspective. But I'm just like, is this meaningful in some way? Is this important of of things to come? Is this, you know, some sort of a symbol signifying something in my future? Now... I don't have anybody to ask of that. Do I? (laughs) Me? Right? No. (laughs) We're going to start that company. Do you ever have that happen where you're like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if that means something, like a symbol in your life. Yeah, I always, I I, I tend to try and think, yeah, things are, you know, meaningful or something, you know, like, like what you said. I, there's been a, like, for example, a hawk that would come and land in this area of mine a few yeah. times, my old house where I lived. And it means I'm, I Google that. And I heard that, it, you know, I read that it means like change, change is going to happen. And oh, good. Very nice. so that was like meaningful to me. So like here's something. the thing. Yeah. We're going to take that. Mm-hmm. That's multiple steps. So you had to see the thing. Yeah. Then you had to go to the Google, exactly. which I don't know where you had your Google at the time, <laughs> but it was probably not where the bird was. No. And then you had to look it up. Then mm-hmm. you had to think about it. Then the bird was gone by that point. Yeah. Right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a company. It's going to be an app called Metaphor Shadow. And what you're going to do is take a picture of whatever you think is a symbol or is meaningful or is like some sort of this is Nostradamus trying to tell me something. Uh, for the future. You're going to take a picture of it 
And our system, our proprietary analog recognition system, will analyze it and interpret it for you right there. So you take a picture of that bird flying away, and it's going to say, oh, great, this is what that means mm -hmm. for you. So this mm -hmm. is called metaphor shadow. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? You won't be able to make a move in your life without checking your phone first. That's the tagline. Hmm. What do you think I about think that so far? Good. I think yeah? it's pretty good. You I like think, that? Um, Would you use an app like that? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Because I, I, potentially I you're going to run this business. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't. I really catch myself doing something like that, though. So I mean, but that's one person. So I. But if you, know, you I have, would have to app. get in more detail of how many you know people, I would have to ask a lot more people and get opinions and and see if they they do that as much. Like right. how many times do they do that where they're trying to find what's meaningful or this is you know. So I would have to get more insight. Here's what I like people. about this is that as you're starting to ask people about it, what we can do is train birds to fly around them. And so right after you ask them, all of a sudden there's these birds hanging around them. And they're like, oh my God, I wish I had an app for this. That's great thinking, Joseph. Joseph, that is a great idea. This is why I knew you were the right person to, to present these for. All right, uh, Joseph, that's just idea number one. Okay, metaphor shadow. You're with me so far. Yeah. Are you ready for idea number two? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have trouble finding clothes that always fit. And not only like physical fit, but fit the situation that I'm in, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if it's a fancy dress party, I need fancy pants. If it's a more casual party, I need more casual pants. And so having two pair of pants is a lot, mm. I feel like. Um, also, I'm not invited to many parties, so I really don't need that many pants. <laughs> which is weird. Um, but my clothes could be literally holding me back, as they sometimes are, from personal and professional opportunities. Mm -hmm. True or false? Your That's clothes true. can hold That's you back. True, yep. for sure. Until now, our new company produces very plain clothes that are ready for any occasion. How, you ask? Yes. No, you have oh, to say. Okay, ow. there we go. Uh, <laughs> with a spray can. That's right. Oh, with our no. patented spray technology, your clothes are our canvas. So you're going to a 90s party, let's say, and you don't own any flannel. Now you do. You just pop on, uh, and what we're calling it is Life Can. You pop on the Life Can clothes, and you just spray the flannel flavor, or not flavor, but the flannel uh, look on it. And then maybe jeans or ripped jeans, something like that. Uh, maybe there's an 80s party immediately afterwards, because that happens sometimes. You get invited to two decade themed parties the same night it's terrible but now you can just spray over the flannel with neon or like a pastel if it's a miami vice type of situation something like that the next day you got to go back to work i assume you're working spray 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 business casual hmm. we've solved many embarrassing situations with this as well let's say you're dropping chowder on your clothes during a meal just spray over it it's just a touch-up, right? You've already got the can of whatever clothing you're wearing that day or that hour. You're wearing the same thing as something else. How often does that happen to you? As a dancer, I would imagine yeah, you guys we, are always dressed the yeah, same yeah. on purpose. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, kind but of similar active wear yeah. that we... But yeah, sometimes we, you go to a party and you're wearing the same pattern. Oh, that's the, yeah. That's the worst. That happens, yeah. 
Yeah, he was so you can have that with you. Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> That's not a good sound. Uh, and, you know, will you and the people around you have to wear air filters? Because I'm sure this is going to be like some sort of noxious fumes coming off of these clothes, even after they're dry. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But that's part of a fashion statement. That's part of the fashion statement. Right? Chemicals. You look good. <laughs> you look good. That's all that matters. So I worked on some taglines uh, for this. The last clothes. So this is Life Can. The last clothes you're probably ever going to need. Just one pair. You need multiple cans, but the clothes are the same. One shirt. This is another tagline. One shirt, one pants, all service. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Okay. Wait, on the idea or on that tagline? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, 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 tagline? the, the whole thing. I the think whole it's, thing? Yeah, I don't know. There's first, nothing first about that that feels... If those chemicals, because people might get allergic reaction well that's their fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's okay so we line the inside of the clothes with cellophane so that the (laughs) the chemicals can't soak through it's a good point again you're thinking about things that i didn't think of so this is why we have this kind of you know relationship where you're coming up i'm the idea guy i suggest the ideas i take none of the risk and zero liability all the liabilities on you mm-hmm. by the way for starting this business and then i take half of the profits oh easy it's fair <laughs> so okay so we can solve all these things i feel like so what else what else what other issues do you have the noxious fumes yeah the fumes and then the the reactions of the skin okay so I'm we solve the skin dermatology yeah dermatologist yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that's a that's a good. What one. about the cans? How big are the cans? Uh, okay, so we want to make them you small, wanna... so you can have them on a little holster around your belt, so you can always be ready for different situations. Batman utility belt style. What do you think about Ooh, that? Oh yes. Yeah, oh, now you got me. I brought you I'm back. Big, yeah, big I brought with you back. Big Dark Dark Knight fan. Yep. So. But so. no, all his stuff is so light, and no, I don't know. I go with the first idea. So basically, you're wearing either a onesie or a yeah, pantsuit. You spray it, and you go. No. First idea. <laughs> okay. So you're going with metaphor shadow. Yeah. Well, it, do I have to go with one of them? Yeah, or you none have of, to go with Okay, them. yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier. It's quick. Bing, picture, and then, and then it comes yeah. up. Yeah. And then we'll have some sort of algorithm or random word generator that tells you what it means. I like it. Okay. Better. Yeah. Great. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to go with that. Let's talk offline about how, you know, how many points I get on the back end because that's something I heard somewhere. And I don't know what it means exactly, but uh, it could mean something. Yeah, and then we'll come true. back and uh, or we'll do a, a quiz. Are you excited about that? I'm waiting to see what that is going to be. Joseph Gaddy. If you want to follow Joseph on Instagram, it is Ballet Gaddy. Is that what it is? Ballet Gaddy. Uh, on Instagram, B-A-L-L-E-T-G-A-T-T-I, if you're looking for him. And you can follow to a certain degree anywhere you want as well. But I encourage you to follow Joseph because then you'll get probably a lot of information about what's going on at Explosive Dance Academy, which is where uh, United Ballet Theater practices and does all their training and things of that nature. You'll hear about the upcoming shows, uh, for example, the one in, coming up in September, which is 
really just around the corner. It, it is, it's yeah. literally it was, just around the corner. So ballet and brunch, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's play a song. Uh, this seems appropriate for dancing and for post-bad business ideas. The Avet <laughs> Brothers with Kick Drum Heart from the album I and Love and You on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. You have a social media account of some kind. You have a brand you're trying to establish. You're thinking to yourself, how can I get some affordable and stylish props to use to help tell my story? That's where Brand Knuckles comes in. Through the magic of 3D printing, Brand Knuckles uses all of the dimensions to create a piece you can use as a giveaway to customers, as a way to brand your images, and many other applications. Go to Instagram.com slash Brand Knuckles to learn more. And now, back to the show. The Avet Brothers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Kick Drum Heart. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I do this every week. Every week I have a very special guest. Joseph Gaddy is here. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you getting up early. Coming out here, you're probably going to be rehearsing today. You're mm-hmm. going to be uh, very athletic later on, which I am not going to be. So I appreciate <laughs> I feel like this is me burning calories by having you on. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we only have uh, about a half hour left. So I think the first thing that obviously we're going to want to do is test your knowledge on dance and dance-related trivia. So uh, Joseph is doing an interpretive dance right now. <laughs> it doesn't come through really well on the radio or the podcast version of this show. So just want to put that out there. But uh, if you want to do an interpretive dance as one of your answers, I will try to describe yes. what you're doing. I'll do a play-by-play, <laughs> which may be a whole new opportunity for United Ballet Theater is audio dance. Audio dance. And then I could describe it. For people so we could have you guys come in and answer my questions and do those things uh, with dance (laughs) okay that that could be a bad business idea as well (laughs) as a matter of fact so obviously i'm not 100 percent competent on most of the things that i do but i try to bring in experts where i can so for trivia i have an expert come in and actually do the trivia his name is simon time he does trivia seven nights a week around the Orlando area. You can look him up on Facebook. And so uh, he'll be asking us the questions. Oh, nice. Or I'm sorry, asking you the questions. Ooh. I already know the answers. Oh, man. Because I I'm cheated. Fail this. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> so now remember, you have five right. We're best friends for the week. Mm-hmm. Four, we go up a notch. Three, we stay where we are. Two, we go down one. And then one or zero I become your most bitter enemy for a week. That's not, not too bad. bad. Not too bad. All right. Are you ready for the first question? Yep. Simon Time, take it away. Hey, hey, Nick. This is Simon Time from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got five questions for you and Joseph. Let's kick this off. Question number one. What type of dance includes common steps such as flaps, ball changes, and buffaloes? Flaps, ball changes, and buffaloes. I would say tap dancing. Tap dancing. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of buffaloes in tap dancing? 
<laughs> I'm not trying to throw you off. I'm know, literally asking. Uh, oh, it's between two. It's that or... or Let's go with or, your first. I'm going to go with... Go with your gut. I'm going to go tap. The correct answer... That would be tap dancing. Yeah, very nice. You got one right. <laughs> Not bad so far. No, it just seems... I never tapped in my life. Oh, I thought you took it. A... No, no, you took a dance theater uh, class. That's right. That's right. Interesting. Mm, thanks, Fred Astaire. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> thanks, Mom. F.A. <laughs> I know him so well that I just call him by his initials. Okay, one and oh. Very nice. Let's go to the second one. Number two, this dance is best known for its five positions, and it also includes a lot of jumps. The shoe is flat-bottomed and can come in different colors. What is it? <laughs> I'm going to say ballet. It sounds a lot like <laughs> ballet. I, I We didn't, you know, they're not going to be the hardest questions in the world. I don't yeah. mean to scare you into that. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Ballet. I think there's a more, yeah, ballet. Okay. That would be ballet. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. Two for two. <laughs> We'll see. Now, the other thing is you might want to throw this because being my best friend is almost like being my most bitter enemy. So I need to be a little, okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow you around. I'll need to know where you live, your schedule for the next week, um, allergies, <laughs> but I may not care oh, all that no. much about it. If I can get stuff on the cheap, obviously, if it's a BOGO at Publix <laughs> That's on scary. shrimp cocktails and you're allergic <laughs> to shrimp, I'm still getting you a shrimp cocktail because it's a BOGO at Publix. The stalker rated R. That's what I'm... Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. I was thinking about it. All right, let's go to the third question. Two and O. Oh. Number three. This dance includes a lot of working of the hips and belly. Colombian pop singer Shakira is most popular for this dance. Attire is very sparkly and often fringed. Hmm. Shakira. Twerking? <laughs> Twerking? Is that... A, I don't even that's a style of dance <laughs> but say, oh um ah, belly dancing belly dancing. Say belly dancing all right let's see the answer that is the very sultry belly dancing that is Boom. that is and as uh as a greek person apparently uh belly dancing is part of my culture i guess <laughs> hey. you know when you go to a lot of greek restaurants in the u.s they do have like a belly dance night often they, yeah yeah and you know when i was greek dancing as a kid I was like, none of us were belly dancing. Yeah. We were going around in the circles, and it was very, you know, it was the 12 steps, and you go back and forth, and it was easy enough for me to understand. But, yeah, I did very little. I feel like if we did, if I did more belly dancing at the Greek festival in Daytona, then we would have gotten many fewer people coming to that <laughs> if it was me. All right, 3-0. and oh, Dangerously close to being my best friend. <laughs> Just for a week. It's fine. <laughs> Question number four. We talked about ballet earlier, but in what European country did ballet originate? Oh. France. France. Uh -huh. Okay. That answer, it is Italy. Mm. Oh. I should have known that. that you got one wrong. Yeah. I think that was a little bit on purpose. <laughs> I think you were totally doing that on purpose. All right, let's go to the last question. <laughs> and our final question. What piece of equipment in a studio is attached onto many mirrors? You hold onto it whilst you exercise and stretch. Should I get this one wrong? Because I know it. Is no, it you should. Right? Yeah, you're three in one. Okay, ballet bar. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the correct answer. 
It's the bar. <laughs> Those are your five dance questions. Joseph, Nick, have a great day, guys. Thank you, Thank Simon you. Time. Uh, Facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia to find out where he's going to be. He's got great trivia. He's got great prizes. Go and check him out all over Orlando. Thank you again, Simon. And uh, let's play a song. So we're just we're going to go up a level in terms of friends. That'll be good. Yes. I will still need to know your schedule, but I may not be buying you as many things. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends. Um, so this is how I make friends is I, <laughs> yeah, just apparently no one listens to the show because they would know better than to come on and do the quiz. <laughs> like get, get it was three, fun. right. Like get quiz. three, right. Because then you're going to be same level. Fine. <laughs> if that's how you people are going to be, let's listen to a song. We'll be back with Joseph Gaddy in a few moments. This is RJD2 with the song Ghost Rider on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Way back in December on episode 114, Elliot Hillis of Orlando Meets was on To A Certain Degree. It's a great episode, and I would encourage you to not only listen to our chat, but check out his podcast called Offcuts. It's food. It's fun. It's uncensored. Check it out on PFT Media or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Now, back to the show. RJD2 on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the 2002 album Dead Ringer. That was Ghostwriter. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I do this every week. Every week I have a very special guest, and we're getting to that time where get a little melancholy because it's it's almost over it's flown by it has. because i uh have such great guests come on and joseph gaddy is no exception joseph thank you, thank you again for being here uh joseph is from the united ballet theater he is here today to talk a little bit about himself his journey into starting his own ballet theater his own ballet company and a few other things um and so if you missed any of the show you should definitely listen to it it's a it's a really good episode joseph is a great sport to put up with many of my <laughs> segments and bits and also by the way while the music was playing we were having a little dance party here in the studio i didn't think and he, you know joseph said no 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 nick i can do it that we could get the dirty dancing lift going but he got me up there <laughs> He got me right up there, man. This guy is strong. Yeah, no, those are some guns there. Okay, you can stop flexing now. Goodness gracious. He has been flexing the entire show, by the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for being here. United Ballet Theater is your main hustle, but you have a side hustle of freelance dancing. Still, yeah, Yeah. as long as I'm healthy and dancing well still, that's what I want to do. So you go all over the world. You mentioned that you're going to Aspen and someplace else uh, Mexico, next week. Yeah, Aspen and Santa Fe and, um, next week and then the beginning of September, uh, Mexico, Monterey, Mexico. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And are these things you can just jump into? You know, you, you know the or you get the choreography beforehand and so you know how to practice for it or you've done it before? Yeah, there's certain types of pieces and ballets excerpts of ballets like Pata does so it's a it's a guy and a, a, a girl man and woman doing a, a dance so they dance together they have each a solo and they dance again at the end or it could be a solo things like that but it's basically because of 
me being a freelance dancer, I have to constantly promote myself. So an organizer might see this video of me and say, I would love that piece in our in our gala. Oh, okay. And could you dance with so-and-so? So I would go there maybe a couple days beforehand and put it together with that partner mm -hmm. and then perform it. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's great gigs. And are it's you great. doing it sort of step for step, what they saw in the video, or is there some room for oh, improvisation? Improvisate, yeah. Oh, okay. And that's what's great. And I think, honestly, what is, you know, like I was talking to you earlier about company life, how there can be a lack of artistic freedom in terms yeah. of what the artistic director wants. Mm -hmm. So as a freelance dancer, you get to, for me at least, um, being able to see what what type of certain steps react to the audience and maybe awes them. So I add certain things in certain moments in, in the Pada does that entertain the audience more, you know, or, or I want to add a little bit more time to do a bigger jump or more turns. Mm -hmm. So I would incorporate that. So it can always change. I always like to have things, you know, an A and a B and to be able to change it up a lot. I enjoy that. It makes it exciting. So you would work with the organizer or the director and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, they, they have total trust when they yeah. bring in oh, get really? guest artists from different do companies. Do your thing. Do your thing. And they give you a certain amount of time on stage with the lights, what you need for the lights and changes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Where are the cues and that's it. And then just to get the show going. So it's, it's exciting. It's a, but they have total trust in, in the guest artists. So I guess let me ask you about sort of that. I don't want to call it shameless self-promotion. It's something that you have to do as an artist. It, ha it has to be something that you do because you're, you know, your work is yourself, mm -hmm. you know. So did that when you were starting, you know, doing that, putting your YouTube videos up there, yeah. your Instagram account and doing all these things, did that make you feel uncomfortable at first, like doing this? <laughs> I still do. There's a lot yeah. of videos. I mean, for us, you know, we're always striving for perfection, even though that doesn't really exist, in my opinion, obviously, you know. So, you know, when we see a video of ourselves, and a lot of dancers can relate to that, you know, it's like, oh, man, that was horrible. Conscious, yeah. Is, yeah, like this is, I get it. But it's good because you get to see yourself and you want to improve. So, but yeah, definitely posting videos. and um, But the great thing that comes out of that is, you know, for me, I get a lot of, messages and emails from dancers all ages asking you know how do you do this or how can i improve this or how can i improve this jump or my technique and not just in ballet but what kind of exercises might help that out of ballet like in the gym or cross training so i really enjoy helping other dancers and in, in, in terms of that and injury prevention and things like that i love that so i get a lot of um, um questions in terms of the videos i post yeah so well, that's nice because you're not just it. Then it doesn't feel like you're just, just, just this selfish promote. promotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love right. it. It's great. That's good. Yeah. Let me ask you. You obviously work with music mm -hmm. quite a bit, so you're listening to music quite often. What is it that you're? Li you know, how do you interact with music on a regular basis? What I would consider like outside the your office, quote unquote. Oh, I, I think for me, music is is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be something I use when I'm when I'm working out or something or enjoying a movie, you know, something that really grabs you. And, and, and it's so important. I mean, if you, you know, took music off of a movie and just watched it, it's not the same in terms of when a climax part of something is really emotional. And same thing, yeah. you know, in life, I think I, it's like a big part of, of my life is music for sure. And it's, it inspires me a lot in creating um, uh even editing, I, I enjoy 
editing uh, movies, like I was telling you, I would love to edit documentaries and I would always add music to that that was emotional or inspiring. If dancers were talking about a time when they had injury or getting back to, you know, from injury and working out and it's very inspiring. So I, I love that. So are you ever listening to music and you go, oh, this would make for a good song for a piece? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Definitely, definitely. And you got it. Yeah, it's tricky. You have to know, like, you know, if if maybe a song with lyrics might might maybe get in the way of of what you're seeing on stage. So you have to be kind of, you know, very, you know, intelligent in what you pick. Yeah. But, you know, there's definitely more contemporary and neoclassical ballets for ballet companies that portray like more cinematic music now, like from, you know, from a, from a movie, something like that, that's orchestrated, you know, like a James Horner or Hans Zimmer, stuff like that, that you can incorporate in a, in a new piece. So like from, okay, so let me, one of my favorite soundtracks is Braveheart, for example. That's my favorite movie. Okay. So I love that. I love that you music. would take that soundtrack and then, how would you, would it be an interpretation of the music, of the movie, of both? Oh, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I always talked to, especially my brother about this, that I would love, I, 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 I've never, I never had a real passion for choreographing. Like I told you, I bring in choreographers, but I've always had a passion because there is a ballet and it's done a lot in Russia um, called Spartacus, as you know, the movie. Mm. And it's just epic. It's an epic ballet. And I was always wondering and thinking I would love to make a ballet of the story Braveheart and be mm -hmm. able to use that amazing music that's in in that movie. I mean, it would be huge. So, yeah, that definitely inspires me for that. I mean, I would listen to that all the time because I did a ballet in Cin when I was dancing with Cincinnati Ballet called King Arthur's, uh, uh, the King Arthur. Yeah. So I was I was Arthur and and. I would listen to that music and watch the death scenes and, and the, the interpretations of, of Mel Gibson's character because I loved it. It was so much power and passion into his what his belief was, his freedom. So, yeah, I love that. I would definitely love to incorporate music like that in certain ballets that were, you know, not cheesy, obviously, but emotional, Yeah, you know, and, and, and mature. So I guess the other side of that, I think of jazz, where there are a lot of songs in jazz that had no lyrics, and then people applied lyrics afterwards. Yeah. So a singer would come along and write the lyrics to a song. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even realize there's a lyricless version, and that was the original. Yeah. Um, so they added their, you know, it's their interpretation, right? Their, I don't know how often they were working with the original musician on mm -hmm. it. But they would just take the uh, the name of it and just come up with something accordingly, and make it work. What is there something like that within, or that you would like to see done uh, within a season of United Ballet Theater, or oh, something that you've already done, where you just take a song and you just interpret it from scratch? The 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 singing? Uh, no 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 or no singing music. at all. Yeah, just the, oh. like if you were to take a jazz song, because oh, that's yeah. something I'm more familiar with than classical music, mm -hmm. and just say okay. Let's come up with something specifically for this and just interpret it. Right? If you feel yeah, like it's sad, it made it's yeah, and created. Yeah, yeah, that that happens. That happens often in in, in uh, ballet companies. You know, when you're creating a new piece, you might have, for example, we have this uh, choreographer coming in um, in October, and his brother, I forgot his last name, but his brother uh, makes music scores for movies. His oh, name okay. is Lucas. His first name is Lucas. So. Mm -hmm. 
when he comes to create that piece, we're going to use one of his songs, which is always epic and beautiful. So, so yeah, or he might create one for us. So that's what's exciting. Oh, so it might be, that. yeah. Yeah, just specifically for that piece, which oh, is wow. awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's great to have that. Or even, yeah, and, and on top of that, live music, like a pianist on stage, just doing like, you know, jazz music, especially when you're doing like a jazz ballet. It's great. So as a dancer, what has been the most exciting to you in terms of the work? Has it been coming up with something, working with a choreographer on something brand new? Was it more along the lines of, um, you know, kind of, you mentioned the Arthur's uh, show that you did up in New York. Yeah. Was it more something like that where it's this epic story that you're connected with already? Mm-hmm. What was it that, or what what has been one that really connected with you? Yeah, I mean... There, there's a, there's definitely a few that stand out in, in, in my career. Um, and all these ballets are listening right now. So you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Yes. (laughs) I would say, I mean, for me, I've always loved basically the story ballets, obviously that you have to portray character and, and, you know, like Romeo and Juliet and and Don Quixote in Spain. And it's, it's beautiful Um, with the costumes and the character. It's, it's great. Um, but definitely, yeah, King Arthur was a special uh, ballet for me because mm-hmm. it was uh, the artistic director's uh, premiere. It was she choreographed it and created it for Cincinnati Ballet and, and created it on on us that year, and it oh, was wow. great. And it was just so much, not just the dancing, but the character, you know, because it was like an epic movie. You know, you portrayed a, a young boy at first, so I had to act like that as a young boy in his, you know, young teens and then become this king and then get, get, you know, um, driven by, by anger and, 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 um, madness and jealousy. And and it was just wonderful. So I I love being able to incorporate that acting into, into actual ballet. So that was wonderful. Uh, working in Spain for a few years under artistic director Anjo Corella, which was a great experience because he was also creating a brand new company. So I was there while he created that. So I learned a lot from that, you know, something from scratch, which doesn't happen very often, like I'm doing with United Ballet Theater now. Um, um, and working with him was fantastic because he had so much knowledge because he was a principal at American Ballet Theater for many years. Oh, wow. And he was just so kind to work with and respectful. He respected the dancers and it inspired me because that's something that I brought with me here at United Ballet Theater is treating dancers, you know, with care and, and making sure that they have, you know, the, the best treatment possible. Because when you believe in them, they they dance so much better for you with less pressure, obviously. Sure. And so it's great. Those were great experiences. And he had so much to give to me when I was working. And I learned so much from him um, in terms of coaching me and teaching me certain ballets and roles. And then, yeah, there's contemporary pieces, too, that I enjoyed. Wayne McGregor, uh, Wayne McGregor's Chroma. It's a really great contemporary piece with such just unique movement in it. That was, and I performed that with Boston Ballet. And I just, I never forget that uh, learning process was, was awesome. Super challenging, but the show was just fantastic. Very nice. Yeah. Curious, just one last question before we have to go. we got to turn it over to the Orlando Theater Hour with Ashley Ann Gardner. We'll be on in a few minutes, so please stick around for that. But you mentioned the, the story ballets. You mentioned, um, you know, being on stage 
and portraying a character. Have you ever and have you ever wanted to just go out and do theater and do a play? You know, do the character and say the lines and all of that. Yeah, I always, I mean, like I said before, like we, we, me and my brother were huge movie fans. And I yeah. think that that kind of, you know, incorporates into this, like what, what you were just talking about, how, yeah, I do think of that. I'm just, I never, I, I've never seen myself as like a, like a speaker, obviously. So that's why I do ballet and it's easier for me to portray with my body, mm-hmm. you know, to communicate with my body. But I always thought of that. I mean, you know, if I'm watching a movie and I'm like, ah, that acting could have been better. <laughs> so I'm always yes. hungry to maybe give All it right. a try. Very nice. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave it at that. Uh, you can find out more about United Ballet Theater at United Ballet Theater with an R E dot org. United Ballet Theater, spelled the same way on Instagram. And more about Joseph Gaddy at Ballet Gaddy. That's B A L L E T G A T T I. Please subscribe to uh, to a certain degree. I got to change the name and get uh, this when it comes out as a podcast and all my other special guests. There's an episode that we'll be dropping tomorrow with the one and only Chris Crespo, where we talked a lot about movies and podcasting and other things. So if you're curious about that, please feel free to listen and we'll end it with a handshake. Joseph, thank you so much. Let's shake hands on the air because I think that makes for good radio. And we'll play a song right now. This is Looper featuring Francis McDonald with Mondo 77. If you want to dance to this, feel free. I might have to. Okay, great. Mondo 77 on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. One of the takeaways from this episode for me is don't be afraid of self-promotion. You have to self-promote. You have to put yourself out there. Hey, follow me on all the social medias. Subtle. I am subtle. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little chats. This episode was recorded live on July 29th, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel, or is it more than that? I vote for more. Miller and Davis are partway through their fourth season, but the videos are all standalone and cover many topics. Do you like obscure Japanese bands from the late 90s? Stories told by teens, ranking albums by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. All of these are words. Then get your computer over to youtube.com slash the to be decided for more. Now back to the show.